بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز آف اللہ بی اپون یو آل ویلکم ٹو انادر ایڈیشن آف دی ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ہے آن دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو ٹوڈے از وینزڈے دی سیونتھ آف سپٹمبر ٹوینٹی that we are going to be speaking about uh, uh, on today's Drive Time show. And that is going to be about the Holy Prophet of Islam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And one particular sort of uh, characteristic of, uh, uh, of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And that was as he is the mercy for not just the Muslims, not just the Abrahamic religions, the followers of the Abrahamic religions, but uh, also the 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 whole of uh, the whole of the whole of humanity, the whole of humanity as well. So the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, being a mercy for the for the whole of mankind. We we see that uh, that in that in recent news. Um, we've seen how distant uh, um, from the people's concerns politicians and the so-called leaders have actually become um, you know just uh, just a prime example or a current example is that the Tory the Tory party leadership uh, race was an excellent example as I just mentioned of the disconnect uh, you know between our leaders concerns um and and uh, you know the needs of the people whilst the two running candidates were busy slandering each other in on the media people were struggling to even survive in light of the recent rise in uh, in energy bills so what is needed what is needed is that is someone who is who is actually concerned with the rights and protection of all not just their friends or their wealthy business partners but also the the people the, you know not just the working class but uh, the whole of society of course it's easy for the people who are in party the people who are um you know sort of the custodians of uh, of a, of a particular state or a particular government or or their leaders of a particular country whatever it may be or a government or any sort of party it's easy to look out the rights for your friends and those people who are your sort of um, your your colleagues but those people who are under you those people who are working under you from a from a work perspective but also when it comes to those people who are under you from a from a from a state point of view from a government point of view those people you know you have you oh they have a right on uh, on those particular people as well so that's what we need we see you need someone who's not just concerned about their friends and family members or the or your their business partners or those people who are related to them but those people who are the working class those people who are you know out there the subordinates the population the wider public someone who is someone who you know deals with justice his matters with justice someone who is fair someone who is kind at all times so what does this guidance actually look like and who is this ideal leader and that is something that we're going to discuss uh in today's uh, in today's show as well as we talk about the holy prophet of islam peace and blessings of allah be upon him the guided one the the chosen one the holy prophet muhammad uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam the prophet of islam uh, peace and blessings peace and blessings of allah be upon him um so of course 
as we normally do. Uh, uh, I'm joined by, of course, uh, Dr. Dari Bajasab uh, here with us as well. Assalamualaikum, Baisa. How are you doing? Uh, Waalaikum salam. Peace be on you and all our listeners. Yeah, it's always, I think it's, a, uh, I always consider it an honor to talk mm. about the Holy Prophet of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Mm. And uh, um, so I was quite keen to come uh, today to mm. talk about him because uh, you know um, when we are talking about justice when we talk about fairness mm. kindness at all times um, uh, the the only person about the uh, God Almighty himself has spoken about him and said uh, about him that he was the mercy for not only uh, mm. this world but all the worlds yeah uh, he was considered as a marsalnaka Rahmatullil Alameen. Mm. Now, Alameen is a plural of Alam, and Alam means the world. So, the, all the words, he was a mercy. And, uh, you know, it's it just uh, um, only justice we can do when we talk about him and we look upon his history, um, his life history, how he spent his life, how he practiced what he preached. And uh, not only that, you know, um, that uh, his guide was directly, he was guided by God Almighty, uh, and uh, verbally he was guided through the revelation, the Holy Quran. But even before the revelation, and even before he was appointed as uh, a, a messenger of Allah, um, uh, an apostle, he, um, if you look at his life as a child, as, as, a, as an adult, as a young man, uh, we we uh, you know we will reach to, to the conclusion that at that time when he was born you know one mm. the thing is that um, the situation where he was uh, he was in in um, Arabia and Arabia the people of Arabia they were called Ummi and Ummi means the unlettered people, the people who are ignorant people. He did not know how to read and write. But not only that, they were they were ignorant of the basic, um, even the human uh, uh, moralities. And uh, they were proud of uh, committing crimes. They were proud of uh, doing injustice. They were proud of uh, confiscating the rights of others. They were uh, proud of, you know, owning um, the the women. Mm. And the women had no rights in that society. The children had no rights in the society. And even the the uh, the female children were killed and buried at that time um, in some of the tribes there. So in that kind of a situation when he, he arrived as a young man, you know, one can look at, you know, how much he was influenced by the society and how did he maintain mm. um, the morality right from the beginning, you know, as a very, very young child. You see that uh, <clears throat> at a very young age, he was involved in a, um, in a covenant and this covenant was made by a, a few young people, mm. and uh, and according to this covenant, they would uh, come out and help the the people 
who were uh, you know uh, who were uh, subjected to cruelty mm. who were not given their rights yeah. so just to get their rights and uh, they they had decided that they would come come out and no matter what happens and uh, so he was part of that uh, that covenant and even after he um, he claimed to be or he was appointed as a prophet of god uh, he uh, he uh, sort of followed that covenant mm. and he you know he he went out even at that time mm. without fearing that he might be ridiculed he might be because it was a um it was abu jahl who was the staunch enemy when he had uh, claimed to be the prophet of god and somebody yeah. um somebody who who had uh, the who ha- who owed some money and he came in and he he asked if anybody could help there mm. uh, and uh, uh, you know some some people out of uh, mischief probably they they thought that if we send him to abu jahl you know abu jahl is always saying that he he's, go- he's, he's going to yeah. he's very much against him and he's he's going to be ridiculed um but uh, this person they guided that if you go to this pro- to muhammad uh, peace be upon yeah, him yeah. Uh, he is going to guide you he is going to help you and uh, he went and and prophet muhammad may peace and blessings of allah be upon him he had no hesitation in coming out and uh, he went straight to him and straight to abu jahl and uh, when he asked abu jahl why don't you give in his money he owes you uh, you know you owe it to him and uh, he abu jahl immediately brought that money now no <laughs> no obviously instead of seeing the scene of prophet muhammad may, may peace and blessings of allah be upon him being ridiculed you know they saw the opposite it was abu jahl who was uh, you know weird and 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 they asked him you know you are always uh, saying to us that you should um, you know you should uh, mm. do something against prophet muhammad and what happened uh, to what you what happened to you now <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you <laughs> yeah you immediately gave the money literally and uh, and he said that you know of of course god's help comes with his apostles and uh, he said that i saw that there was uh, there were um, camels who were mm. mad camels and they were going yeah. to attack me yeah. and therefore you know uh, i i immediately gave him because i was afraid mm. so uh, but if you look at you know this example shows one that uh, you know at what high moral level he was that he did not hesitate um just because you know he might be he, he, this is such a situation where he should avoid going to an enemy mm. who who could be dangerous for him even the danger of life but uh, he went and he 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 fought for his right so the whole uh, the example of his life will look you know every day if you go day by day mm. and even hour by hour we we see that all the time we see him just standing for just justice he would stand for the rights of people he would guide people to be just again and he was so kind and so merciful uh, and, and and that does not stop to the human beings even to the animals mm. even to the um, surroundings even to the uh, to the pathways you know he, he said mm. oh give the rights uh, of the, uh, yeah. the pathways yeah you know so he was kind for the society he was merciful for human being he was merciful for the animal yeah, so so that is why when we say and and his mercy did not stop here because you know he did not tell you something which w- which would benefit you in this world he would tell you something which is going to benefit you in the next life hmm. so it is in the next world yeah. so when we say this he was mercy 
for the uh, for all the words all the all the uh, then we see that not only this word but for the next word mm. so he guided you spiritually he told you about the existence of god that there is a creator if you develop a relationship with him then uh, that is the way to to be forgiven and to be to be blessed by so many uh, you know uh, so you promised about the paradise but the the biggest uh promise which uh, he made was that you can have that kind of relationship with god almighty mm. that even in this world he would be there to help you when you are in need yeah so physically that was, as well physically yes. not just so spiritually but physically as well physically as well yeah. as well yeah so all the time there's a help uh, did come all the time now we you know we see we see these uh, you know different examples as well and uh, we see you, you quoted the you know the verse as well which uh, you know which talks about which talks about how the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him was a mercy for mankind verse uh, chapter 21 verse 1 uh, 108 allah the almighty mentions in this one and we have sent thee not but as a mercy for all peoples you know so for all of for all of mankind as well and we see that it as you just mentioned it wasn't just a mercy in terms of uh, he guided everyone towards how to attain a spiritual level in which they can actually have that communion with God almighty but also it wasn't just for it wasn't just for human beings it was for the animals it was giving them their rights it was a mercy for them as well it was the rights of even plants uh, vegetation all the living creatures whether you know whether they whether it was even you know whether it was uh, giving the rights to trees in time of warfare whether it was giving you know the the crops or harvest their rights when it was a time of warfare or any other time uh, as well so, so we see so this, we see this thing has been examples. mentioned by uh, you know there was the second caliph hazrat mirza bashiruddin mahmud ahmed yes. the second caliph of the uh, ahmadiyya muslim community yes. uh, who was the successor of the prophet and also his promised son he has written a five volume commentary in english and uh, in this commentary he has mentioned the same thing the holy prophet was an embodiment of divine mercy he was a mercy for his followers and a mercy for his opponents now some people might yeah. think it very strange but when we we go into deep into it you will see that this is correct uh, he was a mercy for the unlettered arabs whom he raised from the lowest depths of moral depravity to and the highest pinnacles of spiritual eminence and he was a mercy for the coming generations in as, as much as he left in the quran and in his teachings safe and show guidance for them he was a mercy for the whole of mankind as his message is not confined to any particular country or yeah. people while every other prophet before him was sent as a mercy for a particular people so through him the nations of the world have been blessed as they were not blessed through any other prophet yeah So that was his holiness the second caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community may allah be pleased with him he writes there as well um you know we we can go on and on about uh, each and every sort of uh, little little branch little sort of uh, aspect in terms of the life of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him and how he was uh, a mercy a true mercy for the whole of mankind as well um but you know we, we there's, there's only so much that we can actually talk about Let's um let's speak to our, our our guest our first guest who is on the line with us and a very good friend to the to the drive time shows or Ahmed Kunadu who is a uh, who is a, um uh, the Pan Africa uh, vice president of the Pan Africa here in the UK assalamu alaikum peace be upon you all the way from Glasgow 
Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. And thanks for having me. Zakumullah, thank you so much for, for being with us uh, again as well, talking about a very, very um, important and interesting topic. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, we all, we all, you know, our spirits are very high when we when we talk about this. Just to begin with, the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had, of course, you know, countless, many great qualities. But wh- why do you why do you think that these sort of, you know, qualities um, were sort of overlooked by the people who were against him, um, and and uh, and they are still against him uh, today. I think uh, we. Um, I think that's a very very important question that we have to probably look at it from uh, various angles hmm. to be able to um, understand why this is actually going on. I, I wish we could go and ask them so that they <laughs> give us the answer, but. Uh, <laughs> Frankly, we can we can only based on what what they've been doing. Um, um, some of them will probably be due to I mean ignorance. Um, mm-hmm. We see apparently in the Muslim in the Muslim world what some of the Muslims have been doing, um, and they I'll, I'll say so called Muslims because basically whatever they are doing is against the actual teachings of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him himself. Mm-hmm. So when people look at it, and the media actually propagating such, uh, um, I mean, teachings from the so-called uh, uh, Al-Qaeda, uh, Boko Haram, and whatever you want to call them, uh, I mean, then some ignorant people just assume that that is actually the, the, the teaching of Islam. Hmm. And that is why they go against him. But then we also know that, uh, I mean, some people also are prejudiced. They are just uh, sort of having some hatred for Islam because they simply do not want to see Islam thrive, which meaning that when Islam thrives, they would have to be going down themselves. For instance, we look at atheists, we look at the other religious bodies who are somehow within their heart, they are having some sort of hatred or prejudice that they don't want to see Islam in any way, shape or form thriving. And aside, instead of actually um, looking at the correct side of the, the story, they intentionally pick on those, I mean, negative uh, ones which are actually in the system, which is totally wrong, and then they hype it. So th- there are so many other ways that we have to look at it. But then when you look at the man himself, um, I guess um, it's it's only down to ignorance. That is why people actually, I mean, attack him or still go against his teachings. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And we see that with the... You, with the current state of uh, if humanity and uh, you know fears of uh, of world wars, how can we implement the teachings of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him in in the modern society? I guess um, um, we would have to look at what the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him actually said um, and his teachings, and then some of the prophecies that he's also made hmm. uh, about the end times, which is something that we see mostly happening even in the in the life of most of the all the other prophets who have also made prophecies about the end times. Yeah. Now we look at the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and we saw instances where he has to I mean instill peace. He has to bring about peace because he himself was an embodiment of peace. Hmm. His religion was Islam which meant peace. And then after he taught, he taught us how to greet one another by saying, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. And he also responded and said, peace be upon you too. Now, when we start going about this lifestyle, mm. that we are wishing people genuinely, sincerely from our heart, saying, peace be upon you, then how on earth would you actually, in any way, shape or form, try to harm anyone? Mm. 
Hmm. There's another beautiful teaching that he gave that you should always wish for others what you wish for yourself. A true Muslim is the one who actually desires for others what he desires for himself. Now, in such a circumstance, if we in the world today decide to just even uphold this tiny, just one one teaching of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, I guess it will be peaceful because there's no way you would want anyone to harm you when you don't want to you don't you want to harm anyone when you don't want anyone to harm you. Hmm. And this is what we see in the world today. There's a lot of double standard going on yeah. where when it comes to our side, then we put a law and injustice uh, uh, aside. But we, we, we uphold the injustice. But when it comes to other people, then we start. But when it comes to us, we say justice. But when it goes to other people, then it's a completely different ball game altogether. We mm-hmm. don't really follow any rule whatsoever. There's another beautiful teaching that the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him right. gave as well. And this actually goes for the Muslims who actually terrorizing people and sadly they associate that with Islam. And that is a true Muslim is the one from whose tongue that is his lips and in his hands everyone is at peace and the people are having security. Now if we follow this, then how on earth can we can we and, and I guess the, the beautiful way we have to look at it is the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him made a prophecy that these issues or this situation, this turmoil or this chaos that we have in the world mm. is something that we are going to see happening. But at the same time, he made a, another prophecy that God will not leave us. God is so merciful that he will bring someone who would be an embodiment of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who is going to be the promised Messiah. And that is what the Ahmadiyya Muslim community does today. They have accepted this Messiah. And you see our leader now, the Supreme Head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the Khalif, Azamizu Masur Ahmed, going around the world. And all he carries along with him is, let us have peace, and then he uses the beautiful teaching of Islam to just to just uh, teach us and guide the whole world, so that we can all have peace. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know, of course, if all of these uh, principles uh, and attributes are actually uh, implemented, especially by the world leaders, those people who have you know authority, then you know the world would be a much much uh, better place uh, as well. Right. Absolutely. Now we we see that in the life the life of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him is one and perfect example of uh, of living in, in in accordance with the teachings of uh, of Islam given to given to uh, by Allah the Almighty Himself. Can you share some some incidents where in his life he specifically sort of uh, demonstrated um, peace and there's something which can you know sort of inspire our listeners as well. I guess uh, that is one of the um, uh, uh, the most difficult one to do because then the question there would be which one are you going to choose? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's exactly. the whole lifestyle is actually embodiment of peace. Now, which one do I actually choose? I can just maybe pick one or two of them, like you just uh, stated, for the, for the betterment of uh, our listeners. And that is, for instance, we look at a situation where, and in fact, because we are talking about peace and there's a lot of chaos in the world now with regards to I mean, um, uh, uh, wars and whatever. I'll give a scenario when there's issues of war, for instance. When people have actually, people were terrorizing them. The, the, the makers, the disbelievers were terrorizing the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. But then there was only one thing that he always said to his people, like he said, from your mouth or from your hands, everyone should be at peace. There's no way that we have to uh, uh, fight back in any way at the time that we think that the rule is, is what? It's been implemented. Hmm. But then they have to leave that particular township to move to another place, about 200 or 
200 miles away. Hmm. And these people then decided to attack them as well. Now, when you have been moved away and somebody decides to, and then all you're doing is just trying to profess your own beautiful teaching of peace. And then somebody attacks you, what would you do? You'll probably say, listen, this is the time, let us just harm them, just destroy them as much as we can. Yeah. But here is a case that even when God gave them the chance to defend themselves for the propagation of religion to have peaceful teachings, hmm. he gave beautiful teachings in place that this is what you need to do. Make sure you don't harm this. Make sure you don't do this. He gives strict rules as to how they go about this defensive war. So much so that you cannot even kill any slave who are just being, being, being brought along for, 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 for just being compelled to come and fight you. You cannot kill the, the religious leaders. You cannot, I mean, uh, kill anyone who actually comes and then professes peace and says, yes, we are in alignment with you. We, we are not here to fight you. You don't kill the ladies. You don't kill the kids. You don't destroy. And we talk about climate change. And he says, listen, you cannot destroy the trees or any any uh, 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 amenities which are in the communities, which is very helpful. Unlike the indiscriminate um, uh, <laughs> situations of war that we have today. No, mm. he was very clear. But then even to add uh, more beauty to it, it's when they actually had the chance, when they went back to Mecca with about 10,000 members, mm. when they could have crushed the, the whole township of, of the Americans and finished them like what we normally see today. If somebody harms you, you harm the person back. Mm. But here is a case. He said, this is the day we have just brought peace, the religion of Islam, the Islam of peace. The salam, saying salam, saying peace be upon you. And if you are not prepared to fight with us, then believe you me, all of you are saved, despite all the issues and whatever you did to us. There's another incident of when he went to, I mean, Taif, again, moving from one town to another place mm. to go and um, uh, 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 do, do his beautiful teaching of Islam, which is bringing about peace in the community. And then they decided to storm him with stones and attack him and in the end he was bleeding but here is a case somebody would say when you have been given such a when you have put in such a condition and an angel of the lord comes to you and says, listen god says listen i can finish this before with just one one strike all i need you to do is just give me the go ahead if you are really in pain and you want this thing to happen but look at the beauty of the prophet being what a mercy for mankind and being the one who actually love people Look at what he did. He said, no, leave them. Maybe if then if they don't even accept it, they are descendants. Their descendants would come and accept it. And eventually that is what actually happened. That we look at that township today and majority of them are Muslims. They actually converted to Islam based on that beautiful teaching. And the same thing happened in Mecca. When they forgave them, most of them, and in fact all of them eventually became Muslims. Mm -hmm. So that's a beautiful teaching that if we all practice today, I don't think we will see any war whatsoever or any enmity or any hatred or chaos that we'll, all we will see in the world today will be love for all hatred for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very well put there uh, as well. Um, there's a verse in the Holy Quran where Allah the Almighty mentions that you know we, we should send blessings and salutations upon the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the question is, is that how can these salutations, these blessings, which is you know, which is called durud, how how can you tell us how we can sort of understand the the blessed status of the Holy Prophet, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, as he was the mercy for mankind, 
and uh, and how did sort of how did he used to recite durood um, and how can sort of we do that as well yeah the the, the, the beautiful way the prophet muhammad peace be upon him actually recited uh, that salutation that sort of blessings upon the upon himself and taught the companions to also do what you say allahumma salli ala muhammad you know allah show your blessings on muhammad wa ala ali muhammad and then the people of muhammad as the followers of muhammad just as you shower your blessings upon Ibrahim and then the people of uh, the people of Ibrahim and then he goes on to say um, Allah being the, the most glorious and then the most what, uh, um, praiseworthy. Now this is how the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him actually recited and he taught the Muslims to actually do it. But there's a very important point that we all have to always always consider here because a lot of times people think this is a form of uh, worshiping the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, but we look at the West categorically, and he says, "Shower the blessings of Allah upon the word, the Prophet Muhammad." So first of all, it's there's nothing like anything like comparing to other religions where they actually worship entities. No, we worship the Almighty God, and we are begging the Almighty God to shower His blessings upon the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Now, the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him beautifully said that this needs to be done because. As humans, and he gave a very beautiful way of to appreciate things, and that is, you need to be what showing gratitude that you you see people around you, you live with the people around you. Now, if you are not grateful to them, then forget about being grateful to the Almighty God, whom you don't even see physically. Mm-hmm. So, so we see in the world the one who has been most grateful to mankind, the one who came and then all he did. Mm-hmm. Every every little bit of his fiber of every action that he did was just to help mankind to get closer to God, so that they can have that peace with God and then have peace among themselves and peace within themselves as well. Now, when someone is able to do all this, and then if we follow him, I mean, any sincere Muslim who has followed him, look at even the Americans. How were they? Who were they? They were, they were like animals. Hmm. They hit, they hated each other. I mean, they did all sort of cruelty among themselves. But this man came and he transformed them from that animalistic behavior, that primitive vandalism, that kind of lifestyle which lived among them. He transformed it into what? A moral state. And moved them from that moral state to a spiritual state where they started having communion with the Almighty God whom they didn't know before. Now, when someone has done all this for you, if you cannot show any gratitude to such a person, hmm. then what else? Who else can you ever show gratitude to? We came into this world for a purpose, to worship the Almighty God. And this man actually took us from this filthy lifestyle and took us to the Almighty God. So much so that we started seeing the Almighty God, we started conversing with the Almighty God, we started enjoying His company, and we started experiencing heaven on this earth. If we cannot be grateful to such a person, if we cannot say, Allah, shower your blessings upon him, then who else can we say Allah shower your blessings upon? Initially. Hmm. So there's, hmm. there's a little little answer I can give, but in the, obviously with, with, with time constraints here. Of course, of course. Uh, I mean, again, very beautifully put there as well. Just leading on from uh, from this question as well, invoking salutations, I mean, sending durood, um, blessings and salutations upon the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is, uh, you know, of course, very, very much important. Um, what's the what's the wisdom behind uh, behind this tradition, though, behind this commandment of Allah the Almighty as well? That 
if you do this, then uh, of course you will re- reap the blessings as well. And not just this, but uh, well, one of the blessings would be is that your prayers would be answered if you, you know, if you if you recite durood. What's what's the wisdom behind this? If you can tell us a little bit more about this. I guess in indirectly that has already been answered in my in my previous in my previous uh, I mean, uh, because um, uh, the whole the whole idea here stems from the fact that you have to do this darud, but this darud or this salutation or showering the blessings of Allah upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, can only be perfectly done. When you actually follow him, the perfect footsteps of the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Yeah. So the salutation cannot be done, and then you actually be doing something contrary to what he is actually taught us to do. That is used like making a mockery of him or making a mockery of his religion. His religion is a religion of peace. If he came, he led a particular lifestyle, and he wanted us to follow it. Now, by following that particular lifestyle, naturally. I mean, if, if somebody holds your hand from A to B and he tells you, this is how I want you to walk, naturally, you will show some gratitude to such, such a person. Hmm. And Allah says, if you are not able to show gratitude to such a person, then he, I don't even know who, who, because he was the one who took you, your hand, from every kind of uh, difficulty and brought you to me and made you understand the sort of worship that you have to worship, and made you know who God is and make you worship God in the best possible way. It, it, it raised you to a station where you started communion, had a communion with the Almighty God. Now, when you are doing all this, and then your lifestyle is completely changed, and you have become what a, a, a light within the, the total darkness that we live in today, you have become someone who is living on paradise in this, in the, in this uh, hell situation that we have on the world today, then naturally, when you, shower, you utter those words, by following that footsteps, then Allah would say, I am now going to accept that your prayer because mm. you have actually indeed followed the footsteps of this man and then you are showering the blessings upon him. Now in that condition, then I would then accept your prayer and then reward you. So it's not a case of just uh, becoming like a parrot and just reciting those words, meanwhile not following his teachings. The actual wisdom behind it is you follow his teachings first and then shower the blessings upon him and pray that Allah enable you to for your prayers to be answered. And indeed, if you do this well, then it's like you've won lottery, you've won bingo, because then God says your prayers would also be accepted in such a, in such a condition. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, definitely. Um, oh, I mean, thank you so much for, for, for joining us today uh, once again and uh, speaking to us uh, very eloquently, talking about the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And when Kunadu, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, have, a, have a lovely day. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, very, very, uh, very nice uh, talk and discussion that we, that we just had as well. I mean, it's just one element, isn't it, of, uh, of what we can actually talk about. Um, there's so many different aspects and elements which we can uh, go into further detail as well. Um, but of course, you know, we can, we can talk about everything. Yeah, as uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that if you look at, you know, from the very beginning of his life, childhood, yes. when he was a young adult, his behavior, uh, you know, we, if we can look at it and we, we can see that, 
you know the personality traits you know as you as you de- as you, you grow up you develop that and it is accept- uh, accepted mm. that the personality traits and behaviors they uh, someone uh, presents within childhood and they do influence their adult behavior as well yeah. so even as a child the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him displayed impressive amounts of fortitude and patience and after the demise of both parents and his grandfather he was taken care by his uncle Abu Talib and Abu Talib uh, obviously he always watched over his nephew and mm. uh, took uh, great care of him and he was very concerned but sometime his wife because uh, she had you know many children mm. and uh, so when she was distributing something some uh, maybe some something some edible item or something so uh, he was missed out something yeah and uh, when Abu Talib he used to come home uh, in you know in the evening um, he would um see that his uh, his nephew was will be sitting in the corner with full dignity and without a trace of sulkiness or grievance in his face and the uh, uh, uncle obviously he he would he would know that and he would say oh uh, you know he would go to him he would clasp him to his bosom and he would cry to do you do pay attention to this child of mine also do pay attention to this child of mine also they said he also um said his words to his wife um mm-hmm. reminding him the importance of, uh, of and and how he loved this young child obviously um this young child had developed that kind of uh you know the affection uh, he attracted that affection from his uh, uncle uh, at even at very young age mm-hmm. and uh, then he was he was very strict in his standards of truthfulness and that's why even before his prophethood he was popularly known among the people as the truthful mm. and the trustworthy i mean this is the historical fact that uh, you know anybody who wants to keep, to keep some something uh, you know uh, as a trust that he will he will select uh, prophet muhammad and he would come to him because he uh, uh, even at that time they were sure that anybody who is going to protect their uh, you know property or whatever property item or whatever maybe yeah. uh, and and he is the one and he is the most truthful mm. and again um, the tribes living in mecca and the territories around the T- um, uh, tired of unending blood feuds resolved to found an association the purpose of which was to help victims of aggressive and unjust treatment and i mentioned that earlier yeah. uh, about that it was called helpful fuzul and when the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him you know he had joined him and and obviously the whole of his life he acted upon that uh, you know once he joined the, as a member of the of this uh, association uh, and, and and this shows and and i can give you one one more example here how he saved uh even before you know he as a, as a young man he, he saved the arabs at that time the big tribes they they would have had a, a big fight and many many people might have been killed and it was the time when they uh, reconstructed kaaba Mm-hmm. and at that time there there was a yeah. question uh, you know rose that who is going to put the, the black stone uh, hazrat aswad yeah. uh, at his place because it is a it is a holy stone uh, you know everybody kisses it and everybody has a great uh, uh, you know uh, shows, uh, shows that association shows, yeah. with that and and so how how is it going to be resolved so uh, so this this was a big question and then they decided that okay um, um you know uh, anybody who enters kaaba the first person who enters the kaaba the next day uh, is going to decide how how we are going to resolve it hmm. 
And uh, the first person to enter Kaaba the next day was the Holy Prophet, mm. Prophet Muhammad. He was a young man at that time. But because he was in the habit of praying at night, mm. even at that time, he would go to Kaaba. And uh, so uh, so he was the one who entered. And when the decision came, you know, he so wisely, so wisely made the decision <laughs> that that astonished all that leaders at that mm. time that how beautifully he resolved the issue and satisfied and, uh, everyone uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that satisfied everyone yeah. everybody was happy about that that he, he said that uh, you know he put on his sheet mm. and and he said that uh, you know he put the uh, stone in it and he said that everybody should hold it mm. and raise it to the sp- uh, to the place where it so had because everyone, it was at a height yeah. uh, and everybody and then he put it in, in its place so it, it shows his wisdom mm. it shows that how he loved peace mm. and how uh, God Almighty had granted him that kind of a wisdom that he could resolve the issues which which, which might have led to um, a lot of bloodshed yeah even um, at that time yeah absolutely absolutely so, so I mean this is, this is one point where you can say that he was mercy for the mankind because those people they were not Muslims they were you know they, ordinary yeah. human beings and they could have uh, they could have gone into fight with each other and he resolved that so absolutely. he proved to be a mercy for them absolutely absolutely lies c- countless other examples yeah, yeah, that we yeah. can that we can narrate as well um let's let's speak to our next guest who is on the line with us imam farhad ahmed who is a, an imam a missionary of the ahmadiyya muslim community uh, serving in blackburn assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the show thank you so much for for joining us um a lot of a lot of love was uh, was given to orphans from uh, by the holy prophet of islam peace and blessings of allah be upon him and he treated them like uh, like his own and this was a uh, you know at that time if you look at arabia or just you know in that particular time uh, it was sort of a rare occurrence um what does what does this teach us or what does this tell us uh, how to how to treat our children today so essentially, um, through Hazur Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam treating orphans, who we know orphans, they weren't his own orphans, they were the orphans of Arabia at the time, I can explain. Mm. Now what this shows is we need to kind of pull back a bit and we need to understand that prophets, such as the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they come as a standard, as a sort of, um, God sends them to be a sign in their embodiment. Mm. So throughout all of their actions, not just how they what they teach you, so obviously Hazur brought Islam, not just through Islam, but through how his actions, that is also another teaching in that respect. So, um, I like to, uh, to to understand this question a bit more, I think it's important we understand the relationship between parents and children, right? So, children are essentially like your garden. Let's take that as a metaphor for now. You have certain tools at your expense in which you can sort of grow that garden. Yeah. And that garden can then become, you know, a beautiful and well-grown garden. Yeah. Now, if we understand that, we see that Hazur Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would water the children, water the orphans and his own children in such a way that they would become useful members of society. Hmm. And if we look at that garden, you have water as the, the in essence, it's the first thing of growing, right? So it's, it's a way of growing the garden. And for us, that is Islam, that is the Holy Quran, is the teachings that the Holy Prophet gave us. So, Hazul, throughout his, his entire life, he would sort of have sayings, and as you said, in Arabia at the time, it was unheard of that people used to treat orphans in such a way. 
Mm. And Hazur mm. himself gave such importance to the young society, such as the children, the orphans, that he would even say things such as um, that it's benefits, uh, but, ben- but it benefits the parents okay, mm. that their children should be chaste and that, should, that their women should also be chaste. And he would also say that um, so a house without children is a house that is unblessed. So he would give such importance and say to, in essence, to grow a society, it's important to have that the children are also important members because essentially, as we know, for example, the, the one of our slogans at our national ishtamas is also you cannot reform a nation without the reformation of the youth. Hmm. So it's essential that we understand that the youth, such as the children and the orphans, were an essential part of growing a society. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, of course, of course. You know, there's you know, there's there's countless examples as well, which you know, which we can actually talk about how he how he treated the children as well, how he treated his yeah. grandchildren, and of course, but that would you know take a very long time as well. Let's just move on to our next question as well, because there's so many different aspects which we which we want to cover as well. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. As if if anyone you know, if anyone looks at uh, history. They can they can understand that how much uh, persecution and opposition that he faced, not just yeah. him alone, but his close relatives, his family members, the yeah. Muslims, they they all f- faced a lot of persecution. A lot of them were actually killed as well and tortured. But his response was always that of uh, that of love and mercy. Now, just to better understand this uh, sort of <coughs> whole scenario. Uh, for for the benefit of our listeners, could you tell us a little bit more about the trials that he faced, how he how he sort of dealt with those, uh, you know, how we dealt with the persecution, how we how he yeah. dealt with violence and all of this? Yeah, sure. Uh, so essentially, it's, as you've already mentioned, it's, it's a long topic to go through the life of a holy prophet yeah. Allah, within a two-hour show is, is is impossible. Yeah. So I'll try to sort of dabble upon certain persecutions just to get an understanding of what kind of persecution. Um, his holiness went through. Sure. So, in, if, to break it down, in, essentially, a normal person goes through two maybe types of persecution, right? So, a persecution upon yourself, so how, your physical being, and then there might be a persecution of your family members that you would experience. Okay? And similar, similarly with the, the Holy Prophet, there's, there's in fact a third type of persecution, and it's something that's unique to prophets and to khulafa, and it's the persecution of their followers. So essentially, we understand for the first an example for the first type of persecution which the Holy Prophet ﷺ endured would be during a battle in which he lost a few of his teeth, which a few of his teeth became shaheed. So not only that, we know through the history of Islam that before Hazur ﷺ was ever told to migrate from Mecca to Medina, in fact, hmm. he spent roughly around about 13 years in which he endured countless persecutions over all three of these types of persecutions. Um, there was times, for example, a very famous story of where he, he would walk to Namaz and on a daily basis an elderly woman would throw the uh, the rubbish can, a mm. rubbish can onto him. Mm. And there was one day that he was going and, and the lady, he, he realized that the lady hadn't thrown that rubbish upon him. Yeah. So instead of, you know, Having his blessings there, as we would say nowadays, we like shukr can I have thanks that oh, the person's not done this today. Yeah, he's in fact he's gone into the home and he's seen that the elderly lady is unwell, 
and he's taking care of her, he's fed her, he's given her water. And through that, the woman's realized that this person isn't an ordinary person. I've been persecuting him for months and, and, and potentially years, and he's never said a bad word to me. Rather, in fact, the day he's realized that I haven't done this, he's taking care of me. Then we have um, the second type of persecution, which is of his family members. One persecution that we can never understand is being having an opposition in your, within your own family. This is something that very rarely we would understand through ourselves, being in a very tight-knit jamaat. Mm. Um, he would have family members that didn't even support him, people that turned him away. Then you've also got the story of uh, Hazrat Hamza, who, um, after passing out, after being martyred, uh, the wife of uh, Abu Sufyan, whose name was him, she was avenging the death of, the death of her father, and she said, and she promised to herself that if Hazrat Hamza is ever to die, I will uh, take out his liver and pretend, uh, try to eat it. Mm. Now, what's happened is once Hazrat Hamza has been martyred, uh, she's attempted to eat the, the liver, sorry, the liver. And um, she's not been able to chew it and she's had to spit it out. Once the Holy Prophet وسلم, has been told of this information, he has said that, there will never be a time where any sort of hellfire, the fire of hell, will never touch Hazrat Hamza. Now, through this, as you you asked at the beginning, how do we? Well, what kind of? What does the mercy of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu teach us? It shows us that he would never seek to be upset, or he never lose faith in these matters. And in fact, our beloved Hazrat, in in many of his khutbas recently, he's been in many of his sermons. Sorry, recently. He's been talking about the, 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 those soldiers who were involved in the Battle of Berlin. And he's spoken about their resolve, the resolve that they've learned through their faith and, and love for Hazur. And not only Hazur, even above that, their love for Islam, and then above that, their love for, the, uh, for God Almighty. Hmm. Now, the third type of persecution, I don't want to ramble on for too long, but as I said, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a topic that can you know, be spoken upon for hours and yeah. days. Um, quickly is, is the persecution which probably hurts them. No, I wouldn't say probably. It definitely hurts uh, Khulafahs and prophets of God Almighty the most. It's the, the persecution that their followers face. And obviously, as I spoke about earlier, they, they face 13 years of persecution. We know the famous stories of uh, Hazrat Bilal, who was uh, dragged across hot sand with uh, stones on his back and children were throwing stones at him. Hmm. Um, we also know of... Um, Quite another famous story is of a, a man named Ammar. Uh, his father, his, na- his father's name was Yasser. They were all persecuted and attacked by uh, Abu Jahl. And Ammar's mother, in fact, her name was Samia. She was uh, by Abu Jahl. She was stabbed by a spear that went from the neck out of the thigh. So these are just some of the, the stories that we can that I can remember off the top of my head. Hmm. So we know that there's thousands and countless and countless other persecutions that were faced uh, by the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his followers in that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just like we're saying that there's so much to actually mention. We don't yeah. we don't even know where to start and where to actually, um, you know, go towards as well. There's so many different aspects that we want to talk about. But uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us this uh, afternoon and uh, talking yeah. about this very... A uh, very interesting uh, topic. Uh, of course, it's very dear to to all of us as uh, as Muslims as well. Assalamualaikum, Tala. Wa alaikum assalam, Zakwa.
So very, very good talk, very interesting talk um, with Imam Farhad, who's a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, serving in uh, Blackburn. Uh, and uh, of course, you know there there are there, there there are different things which we which we want to uh, talk about as well. We just talk, you know before we actually took him on, you spoke about how even before his prophethood, he was given this uh, title of the truthful and the and the trustworthy as well, and uh, and also you know the example which you narrated as well about uh, how the 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 reconstruction of the Kaaba. Um, the, the sacred mosque and how you know there was a dispute or there could have been a very very uh, huge dispute in fact a war could have actually broken out as well just because they couldn't they couldn't decide who was actually going to put the black stone back in its original place where we see it today but the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him came out and he and he came up with the solution and he and this sort of solution um, satisfied everyone, it pleased everyone, and everyone was content with with with, uh, with the decision that he made. And it was not only this, but uh, the, after that, there, there there was no dispute about this particular topic uh, afterwards. Um, so this, you know, this just goes to show that the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, wh- whether he was in authority or whether he was living as a citizen. He, whether he was part of any sort of uh, any community, any alliance, he always fulfilled his duties with justice. He always fulfilled his duties with absolute, uh, absolute integrity, and he was very, very truthful and right to his uh, to his claim as well, right to his uh, his ethics, right to his morals. And this is the reason why Allah the Almighty had made him a mercy for the whole. Of uh, the whole of mankind as well, for the whole of the creation. Now we're going to be continuing this topic after the break. Do join us as we come back, and we will continue this topic. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Today we are, as you are aware, that we're speaking about the Holy Prophet of Islam, Muhammad, the Chosen One, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And one thing which is particular to his uh, to his character was that he was given the title as Rahmatan lil alamin, the mercy for the for the whole of uh, for the whole of mankind as well. And this sort of uh, th- th- this trait or this um, sort of uh, quality. Or this title which he which he received from God Almighty and has been mentioned in the Holy Quran was uh, eminent from from the whole from the whole you know you can say from the whole lifestyle of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. We see that he was a man of peace. Let's listen to a quick audio which will tell us a little bit more about this. Give us a little bit more of a flavor. We have listened to you and spoken about uh, this uh, during the show as well. Um, but uh, let's listen to a quick, uh, quick, a quick audio. With so many attacks on Islam and the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, let's set the record straight. 
He was a man of peace. He went through 13 long years of persecution for his beliefs. He was mocked and ridiculed, but he didn't retaliate because he was a man of peace. When he went to Taif to spread the message of Islam, he was pelted with stones until he was bleeding. Yet he did not retaliate because he was a man of peace. When he migrated to Medina, he established the Charter of Medina, allowing the Jews, Christians and Muslims to live together in harmony with full religious freedom because he was a man of peace. And after all the oppression that he faced, when he returned to Mecca as a king, he had the right and the power to punish every single one of them. Yet he forgave them because he was a man of peace. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said that no white man is superior to a black man, no Arab to a non-Arab. Rather, everyone is equal. He freed slaves and taught to treat them as brothers. He did all of this because he was sent as the Rahmatul Lil Alameen, a mercy for mankind. Indeed, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was a true man of peace. So this uh, this tells us that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, all throughout his life, he was uh, he was an embodiment of peace, giving peace to the whole of society as well, not just Muslims but the whole society at large, the whole mankind at large as well. We're asking a question today on our Instagram handle uh, at Voice of Islam UK. Um, uh, w- I love the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Because, and then, uh, and then you can leave uh, any any comments that you want to, and we uh, we will um, you know read out those as well on air. Some responses which have come in so far is that he was he was soft, kind, and showed true humanity and patience. Someone else has said that he left his Sunnah as an example in every matter possibly uh, possibly required by us perfection and allowed women to be equal as men by words and actions something which is very very much important uh, as well he's the rahmat alameen mercy for mankind uh, because of uh, humility someone has said someone also responded he is the prophet chosen by god our guideline he showed us the way to reach god he peace and blessings of allah be upon him is an example for mankind he is the pathway to all forms of success and the perfect, most beloved guide of all time. He's the Khatam and Nabiyin, the seal of all the prophets as well. So if you want to comment, if you want to leave us any of your comments, do uh, go on to our Instagram page at Voice of Islam UK. Leave us any of your comments over there as well. Or if you want to tune, or if you want to call in, the number to call in, as always, is zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. You can also do that by uh, you know picking up your phone and calling us on this number. We would love to hear from you as uh, as well. You know, there's a there's another brief uh, audio clip which we want to uh, play for uh, you know which we want to play for you guys as well. His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the fifth Caliph of the Promised Messiah. Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad may Allah be his helper. He addressed the the guests during his speech, uh, a special reception um, held in California in 2013. Uh, you know, it's very it's very interesting. Um, uh, uh, this one as well. Let's listen to this one uh, right now. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, had love for all of God's creation, but most particularly 
for mankind because humans have been deemed to be the best of God's creation. Human beings have been given wisdom to differentiate between right and wrong. And so there is reward for goodness and punishment for wrongdoing. Due to the infinite, infinite love God instilled in the heart of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, for all people, he used to feel great anguish and despair for the state of mankind. He was constantly overwhelmed by a concern that due to wrongdoing, a large number of people were, were at grave risk of incurring the wrath of God and his chastisement. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, used to spend night upon night beseeching his Lord and praying that those who had forgotten God become guided to the right path. He used to feel this burden with such intensity that Allah the Almighty has said in the Quran that the Holy Prophet would grieve himself to death due to his anguish for mankind. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, was held captive and enslaved in his heartfelt distress and desire to save the people of the world from destruction. And so it is a cause of great just injustice that many people today try to stain his blessed character by saying that, God forbid, he brought teachings of cruelty, oppression, and injustice. Today, when we, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat, raise the slogan of love for all and hatred for none as a means to establish global peace, we do so directly in fulfillment of the teachings of the Holy Quran and the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, was so consumed by his desire to serve humanity and to fulfill the rights of mankind that throughout his life he stood ever ready for this cause. Even after becoming a prophet of God, which was a huge responsibility and the greatest task imaginable, he said that if any person, whether Muslim or non-Muslim, called him at any time for the mission of serving humanity, then he would most certainly join them in their effort to serve mankind. This was his example, whereby irrespective of religion, if a person was in any kind of need or came from a deprived segment of society, he deemed it essential to come forward to help and assist him. Despite his great status as Islam's founder and a prophet of God, he deemed it of utmost importance to work towards this pious objective with non-Muslims. A new station, the voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. 
Yeah, so that was that was an audio clip uh, of His Holiness uh, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and the current head of the worldwide Ahmadiyya Muslim community as well at uh, during during a, during a special reception held in California in 2013, uh, addressing the the attendees over there as well. Now we 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 can talk about uh, you know many aspects. Um, yeah, one of the yeah. aspects is that of the you know the treatment of women, yeah, where where it is it that. is objected, uh, particularly in this society. You know, the people they just get up and they start raising questions about yeah. uh, his treatment of women, or it's no, it was unequal treatment, or mm. they were not given the equal rights, equal rights, or equal status, but, or whatever. Yeah, but somebody who has read um, his life history and uh, and knows. Mm. That you know, he not only that he married, he had um, uh, many wives, yeah. And uh, how he treated his wives, how he treated his uh, own daughters, mm. how he he treated uh, women in general, uh, and the the women they they used to come to him, and even at their own homes they became bold enough. To stand for their rights just because of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And they would quote an example that look, this is uh, in the in the in the house of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. This is what happens. So that's why we have a right that you we can speak and we can we can talk about. So there are so many things about uh, you know his treatment of women, and I think that apart from that, we are talking about the mercy for uh, for him to be mercy for all the the worlds. Yeah. And uh, one particular um, sort of, uh, uh, you know, um, part of that is, is the women in particular, they should be thankful to him. Hmm. Uh, one person who stood for their rights like uh, nearly 1500 years ago um, when there was no concept, not only in Arab, but there was, uh, throughout the world, um, there was no concept of giving rights to the to the woman at that time, and he he demonstrated himself a very high moral character, and uh, he he often said, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, he 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 would say that you know treat women kindly, and there is a you know I I just came to my my mind about when he he was traveling in a um, you know they were traveling for a war either coming or they were on a journey hmm. and uh, <clears throat> obviously the ladies were on on the um, camels and uh, somebody started um, uh, moving them quickly hmm. and he said that be careful these are these are the glasses Hmm. The kawarira. Kawarira means that they are very delicate. Very de- glass. delicate glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass. yeah, yeah, yeah. So treat them carefully. Hmm. That, that, but that was like his his idea of looking after the women. And um, so, if we look, uh, if we explore about you know his treat- treatment with the uh, with the women, we see that that uh, the women at that time when he was there and he came, and he. Um, they were seen as a commodities and who belonged to their father or husband and they had no say in their marriages. They could not inherit and they were overall not seen as a valuable member of society. Mm. And the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he was very serious in improving the condition of women in society and on securing for them a position of dignity and uh, having a fair and equitable 
treatment. And Islam was the very first religion which conferred upon women the right of inheritance. And this you will be amazed to know that even in Europe, mm. the rights of inheritance, they have been given only uh, very recently. If you look at the history, there were no rights uh, of inheritance in, in women. Mm. And the Quran makes daughters along with the sons heir to the property left by their parents. And the same way a mother is made on an heir to her son's or daughter's property. And a wife is made an heir to her husband's property mm. when a brother becomes an heir of his deceased brother's property. And a sister is also an heir to that property. So obviously the inheritance rights have been given by the by by God Almighty when the the Holy Quran was revealed and it's clearly mentioned you know if you read the Holy Quran the verses of the Holy Quran they go on and on explaining what portion has to go to to this relative and what portion has to go to this relative if somebody dies. Mm. Hmm. And no religion before Islam had so clearly and firmly established a woman's rights of inheritance and her right to possess property. And in Islam, a woman is the absolute owner of her own property and her husband cannot obtain any control over it by virtue merely of their relationship. Hmm. A woman is at full liberty to deal with her property as she chooses. The Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was so careful with regard to the kind treatment of women that those around him who had not previously been accustomed to looking upon women in the light of helpmates and partners found it difficult to accommodate themselves to the standards of the Prophet, uh, the, the, a Prophet that the uh, standards that the Prophet was anxious to see set up and maintained. So uh, it's mentioned by Hazrat Umar. Uh, the second caliph of Islam, may Allah mm. be pleased with him, a great man and who was a very like courageous and very uh, very brave and outspoken person yeah. as well. Uh, and he relates that my wife occasionally sought to intervene in my affairs with her counsel and I would admonish her saying that the Arabs had never permitted their women to intervene in their affairs and she would retort that that is all the past the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, lets his wives counsel him in his affairs and he does not stop them. So why don't you follow his example? Yeah. <laughs> so, so she was saying to, to him that, you know, you should follow his example. Now that, that becomes, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and we see this is, the, this is something which uh, the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community who was considered to be, uh, you know, the the lover, hmm. or, or the best lover the of the, lover, the Holy yeah. Prophet, and true lover yeah. of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And he, he followed all the full footsteps, you know, um, to every details uh, following his master. He considered the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, his holy master. And he would, uh, you know, word for word and, and going into minute details would follow uh, whatever the the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him did, and in in, in uh, you know in his life can we see how he treated uh, his wife, how he treated uh, uh, the other woman, and uh, and how he gave the equal rights and made arrangements um, so that they get um, the same um, training and the same. Uh, rights uh, at the same level of uh, you know of their say their counsel their uh, you know even in the marriages he would ask that you should you should ask the the, the girl to uh, you know who is going to marry whether she is happy with that mm. and also uh, the rights of inheritance they were followed exactly 
as the teachings of the Holy Quran. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, uh, this was just uh, this was just you know one of the things which we you know which we can mention as well. We spoke a little bit uh, with our previous guest about uh, the compassion towards uh, you know the, the treatment of uh, of childrens uh, uh, and of course uh, orphans and the needy as well. But the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is reported to have said that respect your children and cultivate in them the best of uh, the best of manners. Now the Holy Prophet. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has instructed that parents should not hurt the feelings of their children, and they should they should they should be kind to them. They should treat them with kindness, and they should openly discuss with them those matters which are important to them. And this would surely develop in them the feelings of uh, dignity, the feelings of uh, self-respect and high moral qualities. And the Holy Prophet. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has emphasized to parents that they should educate their children in the best possible manner and develop in them the respect for elders as well. Of course, teaching children manners, teaching them, or lifting their moral status as well, lifting their uh, their their moral conduct uh, uh, is also you know very much important, and it is very much the duty of the parents to to also do that as well. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, taught his followers that when a person uh, passes away, when he dies, his profi- his property should be distribu- distributed, as you just mentioned, fairly amongst all children and the younger ones should not be left out. It's not just the elder, elder child who gets, uh, who gets the whole of the property or who gets the, or inherits the whole of the property, but, you know, it's equally distributed. Whether the boys and girls, and you know, they, they they have they have their they have their due right, just like you mentioned as well. And the and the Holy Quran also mentions all of this as well. And it was a custom in Arabia in those days that the you know as I just mentioned that the elder son would inherit everything, and uh, you know the the youngest one would uh, would be deprived. But as uh, Allah the Almighty commanded in the Holy Quran that it has to be distributed proportionately, and also. He has such compassion for the needs of children that on uh, one occasion when he was de- when he was leading the prayers he heard the cry of a child and concluded the service very quickly and explained afterwards that he had heard uh, the cry of a child of an infant uh, and he imagined that the child's mother, the mother would be distressed and his cry uh, at his cry and then he therefore concluded the service quickly or quicker than usual so that the mother could go you know go to the child can take care of the child and look after it as well and this was you know this was the this was the mercy of uh, of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him we see countless other examples as well respecting those of uh, other faiths of course that was you know as 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 we're talking about uh, you know how the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he wasn't just a mercy for the muslims but he was a mercy for the whole of mankind as well and we will speak to uh, you know we will speak to um our our guests uh, our next guest who you know who is on the line with us as well uh, Jureem Shraiki who's a live devotee of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the show assalamu alaikum alhamdulillah can you hear us uh, wa alaikum salam, yes. yes. Can you hear me? Yes, wa alaikum salam. Yes, uh, we can hear you. We can hear you loud and clear. Thank yeah. you so much for, for joining us. Now, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said that all the creatures are mm-hmm. the children of God. And the best among you is the one who treats his creatures well. 
So this, of course, includes human beings as as it is, you know, generally understood as well, but also includes animals. Exactly. And if we if we are to treat animals well, and if we are to give them their rights as well, and give them uh, comfort also, but uh, you know, in other in other traditions, uh, in Islamic traditions and customs, uh, the the sacrifice of different animals, goats and uh, cows and sheep and etc. This is included right. in that. So how how can you know how can we put this into perspective? Right. Uh, first, I would like to shed light on how Islam commands us com- commands us to be merciful towards the animals and to protect them. For example, the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him, said, "He who kills a bird for fun will find this bird approaching him on the day of judgment, saying, My Lord, this man killed me for fun and not for any benefit.'" Hmm. He further commanded Muslims to be gentle to animals, saying, Beware of ever using the backs of your rights as pulpits. Allah has subjugated them for you so that they can carry you from one place to another which you cannot reach without difficulty. The Holy Prophet also said, There is no person who kills a small bird or anything larger for no just reason who will not be asked by Allah about it. So we are accountable in front of Allah about the animals. So therefore, killing an animal is not permissible except if it is for feeding purpose. The Holy Prophet, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him, also strongly discouraged killing any insect or animal unless it were about to harm the human being. Mm. So back to sacrificing animals. Uh, It is, of course, for the purpose of feeding, but it has a spiritual significance as well. But before mentioning this, I would like to clarify why Islam commands us to slaughter the animals and not to kill it by other ways. The Islamic way of slaughtering animals, which is known as halal, helps to get rid of all microbes and germs in the animal flesh as uh, its blood goes out of their body. So anyway, there are etiquettes which should be followed and which uh, in fact show much mercy to the animals. And it's difficult, of course, to mention them now because of the time restraint. Hmm. But it is enough to mention that the Holy Prophet of Islam said, when you slaughter an animal, make your slaughter in the best manner. Let one of you sharpen his knife and give the animal the least pain possible. So back to sacrificing animals in Islam. You know, in Islam, uh, or let's say Islam teaches us that the physical action is done to impact our spirit. So by doing the physical sacrifice, we remember that we have to sacrifice our ego, haughtiness, and arrogance. That's why Allah said in the Holy Quran about the slaughtering animals, their flesh reaches not Allah, nor does, does their blood, but it is your righteousness that reaches him. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now also leading on from this as well, if, if Muslims strive to better themselves, and adopt mm-hmm. the same qualities as as the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Then why do such groups, you know, preach violence in, in the name of Islam? Can that be justified? Yes. You know, in fact, the Holy Prophet of Islam peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him told us that Muslims will go through a dark period where they will forget and ignore the core teachings of their religion. And he told us also that the hate preachers will appear who have nothing to do with Islam and they are bound only for hell. 
but he did not stop here. Rather, he gave us the glad tidings of the coming of the Mahdi, the guided one and the Messiah, at this very time to revive the true teachings of Islam and to clarify any misconception. And we are lucky that we have recognized this Mahdi and Messiah who showed us the greatness and the beauty of this peaceful religion. Absolutely. Now, we see that in in a recent address during the annual convention of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, mm-hmm. His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, spoke about Islamic teachings on uh, on helping the 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 you know the deprived or the needy and the less right. fortunate now what can we learn from the life of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him regarding this one of course the holy prophet peace and the blessings of allah be upon him uh, brought about teachings that helped establish a global global brotherhood he commanded us to have compassion and to be brothers to all humanity so for example, he said, the merciful will be shown mercy by the most merciful. If you show mercy to those who are on the earth, he who is in the heaven will show mercy to you. He further said about himself, find me among the weak. And you know, his wife, Hadrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said that he was the most generous in giving charity like the blowing wind. So this was his example, which we should follow and emulate. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we can learn so many things from the from the life and character of the Holy Prophet. Exactly, Peace it is full, of course, of such you know incident, but and also guidance. He gave us a lot of guidance, and the Holy Quran itself also is full of verses where uh, we are commanded to help the needy. Absolutely, absolutely. And in different aspects uh, of the life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that he wasn't just he wasn't just a religious leader, but he was he was also you know the founder of Islam, but he was also the head of the state as well. Mm-hmm. Now, discussing about you know his uh, his status, being in power, being mm-hmm. uh, not just a religious leader but the head of state as well, and of course you know as 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 the mercy for the whole of mankind. What yeah. can what can not just religious leaders, but also other just world leaders. What can they learn from uh, from that today, uh, from you know, from his life and character? You know, to name just a few. Uh, you know, when the Holy Prophet, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him, was bestowed authority and being chosen as the state leader by all inhabitants of the city of Medina, who were Muslims, Jews, and idolaters. Hmm. He used his authority to create a society governed by justice and peace. He granted religious freedom to all citizens. He set the rights and the duties of the state towards its citizens and vice versa. And in addition to the rights and obligations of citizens towards one another. Hmm. And he created a healthy atmosphere for the growth of both spiritual and material development of all different groups living under the Islamic rule. And he ensured a fair treatment for all non-Muslim citizens. He further established the system of mutual consultation known as Shura Mm. in order to gain the consent of the community members through a formal process. He set also agreements of peace with his bitter enemies to establish a peaceful environment between all tribes of Arabia. And he 
cleared the government from all types of corruption. He also se- sent letters to the leaders of other nations. He also created a tax system which is known as the CAT, where the wealth acquired would be distributed among the needy and taxes would be imposed upon the rich and spared <coughs> sorry mm-hmm. and spared for the poor in a way which does not hurt their honor and respect. So the economy was based on economic justice and equality. So I can, you know, continue, but of course this is what is coming to my mind, which, you know, became the base of human rights Hmm. in our days. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if this is followed, then, you know, the the tensions which are in the world uh, today as well, and how the rights uh, are being infringed and taken away, uh, they, you know, they would be restored uh, as well, and uh, in the world would be a much, much better place as well. Exactly, and I, I, I want also mm. to mention the justice, that he followed justice in every, you know, mm. even when there is dispute between Muslim and non-Muslim citizen, if the non-Muslims was right, he was giving him all his due rights. So mm. justice is followed without any, you know, uh, without he, he looked to, that this one is his relative or whatever. So justice and equality is the base of peace in reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vim Shraki, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, Thank you for having me. Wa alaikum example of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. We see mm. that, you know, once there was a, a lady, yeah. her name was Fatima, and incidentally, they were the name of uh, uh, the Holy Prophet, uh, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Uh, he also had a daughter named Fatima. So mm. when the, the, this Fatima, who was uh, from from a, a, a sort of honorable tribe, and people tried so that she is not punished for the for the um, theft she had committed. Mm. And uh, the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, he he, he was so. Uh, adamant that the, the treatment should be equal mm. and he said that even my own daughter Fatima if yeah. she had committed the same crime I would have punished her as yeah. well in the yeah. same manner yeah. so I, I think that is that is what is missing That's at the missing. Mo- at the yeah. moment is the justice if we create justice in the society and if one thing we can learn this society can learn from the Holy Prophet of Islam, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, is is the the justice. And uh, if justice is created, of co- of course the peace peace automatically follows that. And that is why we see that in Medina, in the city of Medina, if when we talk about that, that there were different uh, types of people with the different faiths, they were all living together in peace and harmony. Um, uh, you know, th- this is what we learn that because th- there was justice, and they were they had they had faith in their leader that he is going to do to, to be just. So no, uh, nobody is going to given be given a priority just because of his faith mm. that he's a Muslim and that's why he can commit a uh, you know crime or a, uh, an atrocity. He they they knew they could complain they could uh, and and he would you know it's, it's a very famous. Um, incident when you know some when somebody came in and and a Muslim 
you know, in front of him, he had said that uh, he had given priority to the Holy Prophet, maybe mm. peace be upon him, over uh, Moses. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he came and he complained yeah. to the, to the Holy Prophet, maybe the, peace Jew, be upon the him. Jew came, yeah, uh, Jew that well, he was a Jew, a Jew, yeah. And and the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, he said that don't give me priority over uh, Moses. No, yeah. no, that um, you know, everybody knew that the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, had much higher status. In fact, he is the the best of the prophets, and uh, and he 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 knew that he is the seal of prophets and he is the best of the prophets. But uh, you know, but just to create that justice, he said that don't give give me priority over Moses. Mm. So this is the state where you know this this shows the attitude. Yeah, when people know that this is what is going to happen, mm. you you are you are going to be careful. Yeah. So so you see that how. Um, not only that, he, he preached uh, justice and he, he preached the, the uh, kindness and mercy as we learned about, uh, you know, the animals, the animals in this society. We've spoken about women. And, and the second thing, people say, oh, oh you, you slaughter animals. And uh, you have heard from our guests that what is the uh, what is the um, uh, sort of guidance Islam gives, how it says that you can kill animal only because because of you know, if you have to be fed hmm. if, if you are hungry and you want that to, for the sake of you know full, you know filling your, your stomach hmm. then it is allowed because in the ecological system of the of the world that is what happens and a, a, a higher animal for the sake of a, a, a life of a higher animal hmm. a lower animal is killed and that's hmm. how the whole that's ecological the whole, system yeah. goes on yeah that's how you survive, and that's so. That's that is because your life is dependent on that, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, and therefore the the teaching of Islam is accordingly. Uh, but there are so many other teachings. The, the way the Holy Prophet may peace be upon him, his guidance about the animals is that you know uh, that you have to be very careful when you are treating the uh, animals. He forbade the practice of cutting nails, uh, cutting tails and manes of horses, um, uh, of branding animals at any soft spot and of keeping horses saddled unnecessarily. Mm. If he saw any animal overloaded or ill-fed, he would call the owner and would say, Fear Allah in your treatment of animals. And the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Verily, there is heavenly reward for every act of kindness done to a living animal. Even you know we see the example of the of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace as well, and you know how you know his uh, his son got uh, you know got some parrots as well and sort of uh, hunted the parrots, and he came and uh, you know he presented his before the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community, but then he he told his son that you know not every animal is for is 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 there to is there to be sacrificed. Not every animal is there to be hunted. Some animals are there for for the beauty. You know, you look at parrots. You know, you, they they're very beautiful, oh, yeah, they're not, colorful. Not, not for killing. Not yeah. for killing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So even though you can, I mean, log- I mean, you can eat it, you can slaughter it, but not uh, it shouldn't. I mean, it doesn't mean that you should do it. You know, so not uh, you know there should be sort of a limit. So to, everywhere to we well. see the you know his kindness to the animals. Once, uh, once you know they they were traveling and and um, he saw a bird was flying over, mm. um, and uh, he said that uh, who has taken these birds yeah eggs, and uh, he said that you know put them back. Put them back. Don't uh, distress yeah, yeah. the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, he saw an animal who was uh, uh, you know he was in a very weak state. 
and um, the, the holy prophet uh, may peace be upon him he he he, he saw that and 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 he said that uh, fear god in treating these unspeaking animals ride them while they are in good health and eat them while they are in good health so you mm. do take care of them and also once he saw that uh, he observed a donkey mm. being branded on the face and he inquired the reason for this and he was told that the romans they they had recourses to this practice for the purpose of identifying uh, the mm. hybrid animals and mm. the prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him he said that as the face is a very sensitive part of the body an animal should not be branded on the face mm. and that if it, it had to be done the branding should be done on the haunches so this is also uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the traditions of the holy prophet which tells us his practice that how he he, he took care of the animals again if we look at uh, his practice about you know how he treated the poor hmm. um, um in the society because poverty of course you know um, there there has been a little mention about zakat that, that in the teachings of islam um a care has been taken about taking care of all the people who are in needy like the concept of social services which we which exists today in some of the european and developed societies that that concept originally is islamic concept they were um it is um, it has been made incumbent upon uh, all the uh, followers of islam that they have to pay a certain percentage which is 2.5% of whatever their savings is and that is called zakat and it's obligatory for everyone who has that means that one who has afford who can afford it who has mm. a surplus um then he has to to give this yeah, for, the, to give the, for the purpose uh, yeah. of charity yeah. and the holy prophet uh, may peace and blessing of allah be upon him he said that if a muslim if any muslim clothes a muslim when he is naked allah will clothe him with some green garments of paradise and if any muslim feeds a muslim when he is hungry allah will feed him with some of the fruits of paradise and if any muslim gives a muslim drink uh, when he is thirsty Allah will give him some of the pure wine which is sealed to drink mm. that has been taken from Abu Dawud one of the one of the traditions absolutely. of the holy prophet may peace be upon him absolutely absolutely now there was uh, another brief uh, audio clip of his holiness which we want to play for uh, our listeners as well his holiness uh, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad may Allah be his helper addressed the guests during the Masrur Mosque inauguration in Virginia in 2018 let's listen to uh, that one right now in the holy quran allah the almighty has proclaimed the founder of islam the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a mercy for all mankind without a shadow of a doubt at every moment of his life the prophet of islam peace and blessing of allah be upon him manifest immense love and respect for all people his pure and noble heart was filled with compassion and at all times he sought the betterment of mankind and strived to alleviate the suffering of others he thought uh, he taught his followers to respect and value all humanity for example on one occasion the holy prophet peace and blessing of allah be upon him was sitting down but immediately stood up at a mark of respect when he observed a funeral procession pass by 
upon this one of his companions mentioned that the deceased was a jewish person and not a muslim hearing this the prophet of islam peace and blessing of allah be upon him asked was he not a human this reflects the love in his heart for all humanity it also manifests how he guided his followers towards treating the people of all religions and beliefs with compassion and being sensitive and respectful to their feelings and needs furthermore many people question whether islam advocates freedom of religion to answer this let me present another incident from the time of the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessing of allah be upon him once a delegation of christians from the city of najran came to meet the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessing of allah be upon him in medina <clears throat> after some time the christians became restless and so the holy prophet peace and blessing of allah be upon him inquired if something was wrong in response the christians informed that it was time for their worship but they did not have any appropriate place to perform their prayers or rituals upon this the prophet of islam peace and blessing of allah be upon him invited the christians to worship in his own mosque in medina according to their traditions and ways through this munificent and magnanimous gesture the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessing of allah be upon him set an everlasting example of tolerance freedom of religion and freedom of worship for all mankind so that was his uh, his holiness um talking uh, telling us a little bit more about uh, uh, about this uh, subject matter which we're dealing with right now as well um as we you know as we're coming towards the towards the end or the latter part uh, of the show um we can sort of we can say that you know there, there are so many different uh, aspects of the life of the holy prophet uh, muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him and there's a lot of literature that you you know that you can find uh if you go onto our website alislam www.alislam.org uh which is the official website of the ahmadiyya muslim community there's there's a there's an array of different uh, books and literature that you can actually find as well of course you know the the second caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community uh hazrat mirza bashiruddin mahmud ahmad may allah be pleased with him he has written uh quite a nice uh, quite a nice book as well um life of muhammad, life of muhammad. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Yeah, I think it is worth reading. It's worth reading. Once once you start it, you will never put it down. You will never put it. It's something. It's something about it. It's something about it. And you know his his brother as well, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed. He wrote the the seal of the the life and character of the seal of the prophets, Sirat Khatam and Abiyin, and that's in quite a few quite a few volumes. The English translation. So you know you can go onto that and read that one as well. Of course, you know many other authors. which have uh, penned down 
um, you know, different, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, aspects of the of the life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. But whatever way you actually think about or you talk about, it brings joy to you as well. And I remember the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He once said that whenever uh, I believe he was uh, the first caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. As it, uh, Hakim Alvin Rudin, may Allah be pleased with him, that whenever he used to get a little bit unwell or feel a little bit sick or, you know, under the weather, then what he would do is that he would pick up any Hadith book. Now, Hadith is, you know, the sayings, the recorded sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He's, he narrates that whenever he would feel sick, he would just pick up any sort of uh, Hadith book and he would start reading that one. And as soon as he started reading that one, and you know, talk. You know, of course, it talks about the sayings, the doings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. His dealings, he, 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 his mood would automatically be rejuvenated, and his his spirits would be, you know, very much, um, very much high, and he would become uh, better, just by you know, just by just by reading the hadith books as well. So you know, of course, you know, those people, those people had their own wisdom, those people had their own dignity, those people had their own uh, understanding. Uh, as well, uh, but you know, it's, it's something. It's something to think about. It's something to ponder upon as well. Um, you know, there's there's so many different things which we can also talk about. But uh, you know, two hours you can only do you know a certain amount of justice and a fraction of uh, something which we have covered uh, in today's show as well. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we shed some light on it as much as uh, as much as possible. But uh, as we've done previous shows on uh, on this uh, on this particular topic and other topics which are related to this as well, you can also go onto the Voice of Islam uh, website and go to any previous uh, topics which we which you, you know which we have done and listen to those uh, as well. But Zakallah, uh, thank you so much to of course all of our guests who took time out and uh, spoke to us today. Very very. Uh, interesting and uh, delightful discussions. Very eloquently, uh, uh, all of our all of our guests very eloquently put their you know p- p- put their thoughts uh, to that as well. And of course, uh, today's show was produced by uh, by uh, Aisha Nasim and also Basma Ikram. Zakala, thank you to them. Of course, always a pleasure to 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 present with you, and Dr. Bajusab, uh, and of course uh, the the technical support. Akib Ahmed in the studio. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.